Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 33rd edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises. We would like to take this time to thank our sponsor, Galavan, Galavan, and Amelia, creators of the Digital War Room platform for e-discovery. And I'm John Simic, vice president of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is hot developments among e-discovery vendors. Sharon and I are happy to welcome, as our guest, our friend Andy Wilson, the CEO and co-founder of Logic the creators of a disruptive online e-discovery product, Logical.com. Andy's been working in the legal tech industry for over a decade, helping businesses and law firms navigate complicated e-discovery workflows. Today, Andy focuses most of his time on product design, development, marketing for Logical.com. And I think you also pet your dog too, right, Andy? So welcome aboard. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, Andy, you've been in the e-discovery market since 2004. Mm-hmm. How much would you say that the um, e-discovery vendors have changed since then? And I'm kind of thinking the answer is a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. There's been some changes. Um, I, I think that the biggest change is it seems as though everybody has relativity installed. Uh, that's a, a big change since 2004. Um, but you know, there's there's not that many vendors anymore. Uh, at least you know from what from what we see you know from our angle and talking with our customers, um, you know, there's been a lot of consolidation you know in the past you know ten years, and I think that will, will that will likely continue. Um, so you know, a lot has changed with the technology. Um, you know, there's there's relativity. There's you know it's predictive coding thing that's coming out now. That's very new, but. In a lot of other ways, it's remained the same. You know, uh, companies, especially law firms, are still using you know antiquated technology, um, you know, older document review tools and document processing tools and things like that. Uh, so that hasn't really changed all that much. Um, but um, you know, there's there's definitely been a lot of change in the past ten years. Well, Andy, one of the things that that I'm really glad we're finally seeing is where vendors are beginning to move away from that volume-based, you know, that per-gig pricing mm-hmm. model. What, mm-hmm. what, what do you think that's, that's, that's so and that change is com- coming about? Yeah, um, I think you can sum it up in two words, uh, Moore's Law. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Moore's Law, <laughs> you'll know that, uh, you know, the size of, of storage is, it doubles every 18 months or so. Um, but at the same time, the price of the storage is going down. And as everybody knows, you know, storage is a commodity. I mean, you can go and buy a one terabyte hard drive today for under $100. 20 years ago, I mean, that would have cost probably over a million bucks. Um, it's, it's amazing, you know, what, what's happened because of, uh, you know, technology innovation. Moore's Law is a, is a good point to that. You know, it's getting cheaper and cheaper every year. Like I said, I mean, customers know this. Uh, you know, so it makes it a, a really tough sell to price very complicated things like e-discovery, processing, hosting, and productions by the gigabyte. Um, you know, it doesn't really portray a lot of value. Uh, so I think the smart vendors are realizing that and that it's a losing battle. I need to continue charging by the gigabyte, and I think they're, they're shifting their ways of pricing. Um, if they don't, uh, I think they're going to be in, in, in hot water. Um, you know, they could uh, be at risk of going out of business in the next couple of years. 
I mean, think about think about it like this. Let's say this year you charge two hundred dollars per gig to do something like indexing or calling of data. You know, pretty common things in e-discovery matters. And then next year, you know, the market price is hundred dollars per gig, which has happened. You know, prices have uh, sliced in half uh, for for gigabyte you know processing fees like that um, year over year. Uh, you just lost half your revenue unless you're you know now getting twice as much data as before from your customer which is highly unlikely, um, you know, as customers are getting smarter about targeted collection, um, you know, they're using better tools to reduce the amount of information that's coming to vendors. Uh, so you, you've got to do a lot more with less, and, and it doesn't help if you're, you're charging by uh, the volume of data. So, you know, as the cost of a you know, gigabyte storage falls, uh, so too does the cost of process, host, and produce, you know, one, one gigabyte. Um, you know, it's a losing battle. And, uh, you know, I think if, if vendors don't change course, uh, it, it could be, you know, too late. To... Yeah, so they're, they're writing their own tombstones, I think, in uh, epitaphs yeah. as they do that. And, and we've seen that in actual practice. Let me talk a minute about predictive coding, also known as technology-assisted review, computer-assisted review, and about a thousand other things. What, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. I mean, we're all tired of it. It's, it's, it's dominated every conference in the last uh, couple of years. What do you think is the next big thing people will be talking about? Oh man, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be I wouldn't be doing any discovery. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I know, I know. My crystal ball is murky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean I don't know, you know, maybe uh, even earlier early case assessment or super duper early case assessment. Um, you know, that seems to be a, a theme I've heard. Early data assessment of the new ECA, something like that. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding, but uh, yeah, I think I think there's three three things that, that could become fairly big um, over the course of the next you know couple of years, and then far into the distant future. And the first one I see happening right now is information governance, you know, which is already starting to heat up. Uh, you know, people are talking about it. Legal tech that, that was a very very hot topic. I think that's going to get even bigger, and I think it's going to evolve into some form of ERM or you know, e-discovery records management, you know, where records management and software will be well-equipped to handle end-to-end uh, -end e-discovery. Um, I think that's going to be really big. Another more, you know, futuristic technology um, will be, you know, something like predictive outcome technology. And if you wanted to give it an acronym, we could call it POT. <laughs> uh, you know, a company called <laughs> Lex Machina, um, you might have you might have read about them. Um, they're out here in the Bay. They were spun out of um, uh, uh, Codex from Stanford. Um, they're already doing something similar to this with IP litigation. That's fascinating stuff. You know, pulling all these different pieces of information and and showing you know uh, you know how much it's going to cost to you know uh, you know go through with this case and your outcome of actually winning. I mean, think of like Moneyball for e-discovery. Um, that's that's kind of uh, what it's about. If you saw Moneyball, you know, basically forget about predictive coding. You know, because with predictive outcome tech, a business will be able to quickly identify. Uh, you know, their chances of winning or losing a case and how much it will cost you know, before any doc review is done. Uh, so that's going to be really big. And, and I think, you know, the, the, in the long, long-term future, that will be a realistic. Um, I also think, you know, there will be an end of load files in the next few years. You know, as more legal teams uh, simply share access to documents hosted online, you know, basically uh, a better form of producing documents that's more secure, it's, it's reliable, and it's done instantly. Um, you know, because if you think about producing data back and forth, all you're really doing is sharing. And, you know, the way that that's being done now with, you know, downloading information, putting it onto media, shipping it across the country in the day, in the age of the Internet, that just seems ridiculous. 
Um, you know, just as ridiculous as it is to drive down the street and rent a movie when you can just log into Netflix and, you know, watch it online or iTunes. I don't know what the buzzword, you know, for that will be. Maybe Instaproduce or something like that. Um, you know, the e-discovery the industry loves their, uh, their, their abbreviations and acronyms. So. <laughs> they do, sure do. Those three things I think will be really big. Well, that, that's a good segue, Andy. You talked about sharing the information, you know, out there in, in, in a hosted environment. And that, that kind of gets us to the, the cloud and, and how that's become very, very popular now. Among a, among a lot of folks, and you should know a lot about that since you are a cloud company as well. But why do you think there's there's been such a or there is such a shift or beginning to have such a shift of things in the cloud? And do you think the legal industry is is ready for for going that direction, especially since it's they're typically laggards of technology <laughs> trends? Law firms are laggards of technology trends. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're cutting edge. <laughs> um. <laughs> Only with smartphones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, you know, I think uh, the legal industry, I know, the legal industry is definitely coming around, uh, you know, the cloud. I mean, my, my company is a good example of that. Um, we're seeing a lot of success with that, you know, the move. But, you know, ironically, you know, they're coming around because it's just a much better IT infrastructure than, their current, than they currently have and can afford. Um, you know, plus you get access to all of your information from anywhere, which is a big bonus. You know, all the attorneys out there loving their, their iPads and their iPhones and their Macs um, have a hard time accessing, you know, their work when they're, when they're remote in the cloud, um, you know, gives them a better option for that. Uh, and, you know, law firms, like I alluded to, you know, law firms just aren't known for having robust IT systems. You know, the cloud takes care of that for them. It's better security. It's, better reliability, it's generally better software, better server elasticity, you know, life can be a lot better in the cloud, uh, especially for e-discovery because, you know, with e-discovery, you don't usually know how much data you have, how long it needs to be hosted, et cetera. Uh, so you may or may not have enough IT firepower internally handle e-discovery, and the cloud is perfect, you know, for tasks like that, and, uh, you know, practice management software is a really good example. Clio is... Uh, a really hot product that's having a lot of success in the uh, SMB market. Um, you know, it, and it's simply because in the cloud, in the servers for e-discovery, I mean, servers can be instantly deployed. You know, to handle larger and larger sets of data. And those servers are secure. Uh, you know, the data is encrypted you know, in transit and at rest. Um, and the same cannot be said, you know, for doing these types of things in-house. Um, it's, uh, it's not realistic for a lot of firms. Now, you know, some firms have very robust IT systems, have put a lot of money into, um, you know, managing electronic discovery in-house, spent you know, uh, a lot of money in software and people and hardware, and, and that's great. You know, they can, they can do these things in-house, but the you know, cloud just gives them a better option there. Obviously, I'm completely biased, so, you know, <laughs> you take this with a grain of salt, but I just look at the cloud as more perfect than doing it in-house. It's not totally perfect. Uh, nothing is, but you know, in-house is almost always less perfect. Well, I agree with you. There, there is going to be a shift there, and and lawyers are typically laggards of technology, and certainly we see that in in the fact that they are still tiffing and PDFing documents for production, uh, often at the urging of vendors who are seeking to make money off the pro- processing. And of course, that's really just a digital form of paper. Um, so yeah. tell us why you think that that they they are still doing this. And are you really seeing a trend to native or mixed productions? And how fast is that moving? <laughs> Not fast enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to answer your, your first question, 
uh, testing PDFing. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are doing that. You know, our technology automatically does all that because it's a very common thing. We would love not to do that, um, but it's just that's the way it is today. And, and I, I know why. I mean, you know, uh, well, there's a couple reasons why, but, you know, digital paper like TIFF and PDF, I mean, it's just like paper, and, and paper is like crack for attorneys. <laughs> you know, they love it. Um, they just love their paper. It's addicting. You know, before I started this company, that's what I did. I did these massive print jobs, and I was so fed up and tired with that. I'm like, I just want to start a company where I never have to see another piece of paper again. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's when we started Logic in 2004. You know, but I think the uh, the bigger reason um, why it still persists is because of the antiquated technology. Like I was mentioning um, in the previous question, you know, they're, they're still using these old tools. They're still using these tools that need the TIFF, they need the PDFs in order to actually operate. You know, summation and concordance are good examples of that. You know, and in some ways, um, you know, relativity is, but obviously it's a lot more robust to modern products. Um, you know, these, these tools are designed, you know, to handle that. And that's because when they were originally created, um, they were created for scanned images. And scanned images were in the form of TIFF and, and then later PDF. Uh, but originally TIFF, you know, a fax is just a TIFF. Um, you know, so people built the technology around that, which makes total sense. But, you know, in this day and age, with everything being electronic, it's really silly, you know, to um, uh, do productions now entirely in TIFF and PDF. You know, that said, um, you know, we're, we're seeing a trend for native production, but it's not everybody. Uh, it's definitely less than 50% of you know, the type of data that comes out of Logical. Um, most of it is TIFF still, uh, or, or, or PDF for that matter. Um, and there's still a place for TIFF and PDF because, you know, the native redacting tools out there just aren't very good, you know, so... You know, when you want to redact a document and you have to produce that document, the best option uh, today is to render it to a TIFF or a PDF, draw your box on the document, uh, make sure that that box stays there and is actually redacting something and not just, you know, um, you know hiding information. Um, and I think those are, that's going to stay around for a long time until you know, technology gets better to do native redacting, which it will. You know, it'll, uh, you know that technology will get uh, very, very good. Um, so who knows? Maybe native redacting will be the next big thing. Yeah, that would be something. Well, Andy, the, the new normal is, is having a big impact on big law. Do you think the same thing is, is happening with big e-discovery vendors? Are they kind of feeling that squeeze too? Hmm. <laughs> um, I would love to say yes, empathetically. <laughs> but uh, it, it's actually um, both positively and negatively um, affecting them, I think. You know, the new normal is... Um, interesting you know, buzzword that, that's going on right now, um, you know, mostly about you know, hourly goal rates and things like that. Uh, but, you know, the big vendors that, that mostly sell into the enterprise can actually have the upper hand. In fact, many of them are, are taking away work, uh, you know, like document review or traditionally done by the law firm because they can do it better, faster, and cheaper, uh, you know, which is what the new normal is all about, right? You know, but those same vendors have huge operational costs, you know, just built up over the years. You know, the Lexus, Nexus, the Thompsons, the Krolls. I mean, these are, these are big, big companies. Um, they've got a lot of people. They spend a lot of money on, on IT and, and uh, you know, marketing and you name it. Um, so naturally, they have high prices, um, and they likely depend on a few you know, very large institutional customers to survive, kind of like the, you know, the large you know, top 100, uh, maybe even top 200 uh, law firms in the world. They have these really big, big um, uh, uh, customers, usually banks, you know, these days. 
um, you know, which is a huge risk, you know, to be a big vendor because smaller technology companies can do things much better, much faster, and night and day cheaper than big vendors um, ever can. And that's, that's mainly because everything has changed with technology. You know, when you hear somebody touting their, their uh, server capacity these days, it just seems silly. It's like, you know, saying how much air you can breathe. Um, you know, that, that, informa- that, that type of utility uh, computing is accessible to anyone. You know, if you can figure out how to harness it using things like AWS or even just buying your own equipment. You know, commodity hardware is, is dirt cheap these days, and you can build your own, uh, you know, data center for, you know, a fraction of, of what it used to cost even just a couple of years ago. And that's only getting, that's only getting cheap, cheaper. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, if those institutional customers, um, if they aren't around for a long time, then the big vendors are going to be in a, a, lot of, a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, so in this way, the big vendors are definitely experiencing the new normal. Yep, I, I, I agree with you. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our sponsor, Galvan, Galvan, and Omelia, creators of the digital war room platform for e-discovery. Do you need to strategize, review and produce documents for litigation, government investigations, or HSR second requests in a single e-discovery tool for every size and every type of matter? Digital War Room eliminates costly pre-processing of collected documents, realizing savings of 80% or more, and giving you greater control over e-discovery. Experience end-to-end e-discovery on your Windows desktop, on your internal network, or in our hosted review center. Download a free trial of Digital War Room Pro at www.digitalwarroom.com. That's digitalwarroom.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today we're talking to Andy Wilson, the CEO of Logic, who we regard as something of a rebel and an innovator in the e-discovery vendor marketplace. Andy, assuming that, as you suggested, that the vendor market is contracting, what survival advice would you give to big and small vendors? Yeah, great question. Um, I'd say if you're big, uh, disrupt yourself. It's the only way you're going to survive. Uh, you only need to read Innovator's Dilemma, uh, which is a, a great book. I highly recommend any entrepreneur to read it, especially in the technology space. Um, you need to truly understand your faith and you know, what you can do about it. Um, it's kind of a, a playbook, really. Uh, you know, but as history shows, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to change. Uh, you, you miss opportunity. Uh, you start resting on your laurels, and you never see it coming. You know, it just happens. Uh, and it's, it's only getting worse uh, with technology um, these days. Uh, if you're small, move away from commodity pricing as soon as you can. You know, try and price your services by value. You know, talk to your customers. You know, figure out it, what it is that they like about working with you, and uh, you know, try and translate that into some sort of you know value, hopefully quantitative value um, that you can uh, you know, demonstrate to your customers. You know, or offer a managed service, or use better technology. Uh, you know, just do something, or you know, I don't think you're going to be in. Uh, I don't think it'll be a small business for very long. You'll you'll probably be out of it. Well, Mark Mark Andreessen, co-founder of Netscape, he had a great quote about software eating the world. Do you think that's true? And is, is it affecting the legal world? 
Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, that's a, that is a great quote. Um, Mark is, is a, uh, he's just a visionary. He's awesome. Um, you know, you're seeing it now with breaks of coding, uh, you know, just like your coffee maker or microwave, if software can do something better, faster and cheaper, it will be done by software. Um, and that's just you know, the way you got to think, you know, if, if what I'm doing today can be done by software and if it can be done better and faster and cheaper, software is going to do it. Uh, and that's true of e-discovery today. Uh, and in the very far future, uh, when true, you know, artificial intelligence becomes a reality, which some people think that's going to happen in the next you know, 20 years or so, um, I have my doubts, but I think even lawyering is at risk. Uh, I think it could be done by, you know, software application. Um, I mean, it, it seems far-fetched today, but, uh, you know, many things... Uh, and Andy, I want you to bite your tongue when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, one of your good friends here is practicing law. Stop that! Stop that! Hey, I'm 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 talking. You know, technology companies they put out of uh, business too. I mean, it'll just automate the creation of um, software. I mean, that's that's a possibility. Wow, software that makes software. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it'll happen. What? Why? Why am I feel? I feel like I better retire before I become a T Rex. <laughs> well, you. you I think Mark actually has another quote about, you know, you're, you'll either, you know, build the machines or work for the machine. Yeah. You know, write the software yeah. form or, you know, um, or uh, operate them. True enough. Well, every, everybody today is, it seems to be carrying around smartphones and they've got tablets, but I see less and less of people lugging around full-size laptops. Uh, you don't see them humping around PCs. <laughs> there, there seems to be a diminution of PC use as everybody's got docking stations and so forth. So how is that trend going to affect e-discovery if fewer and fewer people are using the traditional PC? Oh, yeah. All you have to do is look at Microsoft's stock price to see this change happening. Um, you know, and Android is just shooting through the roof. But, uh, you know, I think there's going to be more and more apps designed for mobility. You know, that's for sure. Um, it's already starting to happen. You know, just mobility is very convenient, right? Hey, who's a, who wants to lug around a five-pound laptop? You know, when you can uh, lug around a you know, couple-ounce couple ounces of tablets, right? Um, there just aren't a lot of legal tech products that are well-suited for phones and tablets and even Macs, you know, but that's quickly changing. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised, you know, if in the next two to three years, you know, uh, most e-discovery is, is being done on a mobile device simply because it's more convenient. That's certainly what we're seeing, especially in the digital forensics field. We almost don't have a case anymore where there's not smartphones involved. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, well, Andy, Sharon kind of described you as as a rebel, and and we know you as that, certainly. But tell us a little bit about uh, your company that just had a recent really exciting announcement about infinite storage. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thanks. So we did. uh, uh, It's a big one uh, for us and and the market in general. Uh, Thanks for mentioning it. So, yeah, if you're familiar at all with with eDiscovery, then you're familiar with paying for storage. You know, usually monthly, ranging anywhere from you know ten dollars to forty dollars per gigabyte per month, and then of course you pay for all the other stuff uh, along with that. Um, you know, but uh, storage is incredibly cheap these days, and we talked about that earlier. Uh, and it's only going to get cheaper um, and faster too. You know, so I mean, like Amazon, you look at Amazon, and it's I think seven cents a gigabyte per month. Um, doesn't that just, that just seems ridiculous? You know, when you look at you know charging you know thousands of percent more than that. Uh, just doesn't seem doesn't seem right. It doesn't convey the right value, right? That's that's the big problem. It doesn't really convey the right value. So, you know, with, and with the right technology, 
in place like single instance storage, which is what we do, um, you can significantly reduce the amount of storage you need. So, you know, we recently came out with infinite storage, you know, for all of your document discovery needs. Uh, you can think of Logical as like a big discovery hard drive in the cloud that never runs out of storage. Um, you know, our customers don't have to worry about paying gigabyte fees or backing up hard drives or data encryption or, you know, any of that nonsense. Um, it's all free uh, and it's, it's unlimited, you know, with their subscription to Logical. That is an exciting development. Are you getting a good reception? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a, uh, it's just, it's one of, you know, when you look at like a market, like if you want to disrupt a market, you know, all you have to do is it's fairly simple. You, what's what's the what's wrong about it, and just reverse it. You know, do what's right. You know, if the service is bad, make it better. Uh, if the pricing doesn't make any sense, make it clear. You know, those types of things. And we looked at you know storage as as one of those. Pain points. I mean, you talk to anybody, and they're like, "Why am I paying, you know, all this money?" I mean, our press release mentioned, you know, in, in a year's time, if you have a 200 gigabyte case hosted, you pay ninety thousand dollars for that for 200 gigabytes. And as I mentioned before, you can buy a hundred, you can buy one terabyte hard drive today for a hundred bucks. <laughs> so you know, it, it, it doesn't convey the right value to the customer, um, and uh, you know, it's incredibly cheap. Um, it's easy to get. It's easy to scale. And if you do it right, um, you can also reduce the amount of data that you need to actually store, you know, using something like single instance storage. Um, so we think it's a big deal. And, yeah, we've definitely got a warm reception to it um, and by the amount of traffic that we're getting to the website and sign-ups for demos and trials. Well, I, th- I think it's a, a move in the right direction. Uh, we called you a rebel. And uh, if you ever see Andy at a conference, for those who are listening, just look for the red sneakers. That will be him. Uh, but but today he has on socks, so he's he's taking the informal route today, he told us, <laughs> before we got started. But Andy, we really do admire your innovation. I like how you look for the problems that need to be solved, and then you solve them, and you are undeterred by that which has been done before. You forge your own path, uh, and I've admired you for a long time and expect to do so for a long time to come. So thank you for sharing today your insights into the industry. We haven't done a podcast exactly like this before, but you are the perfect person to ask. <laughs> great. Well, thank you very much. This has been great, Sharon. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And you can find out more about Sensei's digital forensics, technology, and security services at www.senseient.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.